away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plagans. Hey everybody, welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans here with you as always, joined by Jamison Olive from FloridaPanthers.com. And for the second straight week, our special correspondent, Jessica Blaylock from Fox Sports Florida, is here with us again. Folks, we welcome you in new material each and every Wednesday, FloridaPanthers.com slash Territory Talk, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, all those different places you can listen. We welcome you as always and we've got a great episode coming your way. We'll have Billy Lindsay coming up in just a little bit. My broadcast partner, we're going to talk to him about what he's been doing to fill the time and also some great stories from the past coming in that conversation as well. You do not want to miss our chat with Billy Lindsay coming up. But first, let's start with you guys. What have you been doing to fill the time? Not a whole lot, but that's good though. That's that's what you want to hear. Exactly, from people. exactly. Uh, as we practice social distancing and yep. you know, you know, beating this thing, you, you don't want to be doing a whole lot during the week. You know, stay at home, work from home, do all those good things, do whatever you can uh, within your means to do nothing basically and not see anyone. Um, but you know, some some more video games, some more work for FloridaPanthers.com. Yeah, uh, you know the usual stuff there. Uh, go for a walk every day. But it's really the, the the fun part about the walks is in my neighborhood. As you go, you're on a sidewalk, and obviously that's that's how the whole neighborhood stretching their legs. So Every, you know, every walk you come in contact with maybe five people, but you're both walking on the sidewalk and then it's kind of a game of chicken because one of you has got one of you is moving out of the way, like yep. a good distance for the social distancing. So the best is when you both do it. So you'll be on the sidewalk, then one person goes in the road five feet the other way and I go in the grass five feet the other way. So you're like about 10 <laughs> feet apart, but you just kind of give the nod and you're like, hey, have a good day, you know, and just keep going. And then everyone kind of gets back into place. But uh, no, it's 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 been good. Uh, I, everyone I talked to has done a, a good job of um you know, he's practicing social distancing and doing all those good things. But I do look forward to this every week. This is my human contact, other than my fiance is coming here and seeing you guys and doing this podcast. So this is this is a highlight for me. I had spent the last week going over my benefits package for being upgraded to a team member for Territory Talk. But according to my introduction for this week's episode, I've been downgraded again to special correspondent. <laughs> I thought special correspondent was the title. I thought I had been upgraded to team member. Well, originally it was guest, then special guest, then special guest correspondent, then special correspondent. Like we said, we're th- going to have to. This check is the a tapes. very this is a very fluid. Jameson time right and I, as the <laughs> as the uh, Jameson and I, as the executive board of Territory Talk, will have to have a discussion. Hey, about as long that. as I still get the same benefits, I'm fine with that. Uh, but no, been watching uh, been watching a lot of Marlins replays. Had a chance to catch a Florida Panthers replay the other yeah. night. You tweeted it. You I tweeted did. It. Yes. I did. And that was a lot of fun. Um, and that was a great game, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. So exciting. One of one of my favorite games from early on in the season when the Panthers uh, came back against the Avalanche in Colorado. Huberto with uh, the tying goal and then the game winner in OT. Um, it's always so much fun to relive those those great games and great moments. But yeah, doing a lot of reading, walking outside, getting out and about and uh yeah, even though the social distancing is important, totally agree. It is kind of refreshing when you go out for a walk and you see how many people are are going for a ride on their bike or 
you know, maybe one guy shooting hoops, maybe a couple playing tennis, or it's nice to see people actively engaging with. As long as they're outside, a safe distance away. As long as they're being yes. smart about yes. it, as long as they're being safe about it. But, uh, but yeah, getting, getting out, taking some walks, uh, watching some movies and, um, it does just make you appreciate seeing people more. Like yeah, you said, like I said, really when I'm out does. walking, if I see someone across the street, I'm like, Oh, you wave. There's a person. Right. You wave and you and say everyone's hi. Everyone's being so friendly. Yes. Yeah. You know, we're all in this together. That's the most yeah, important thing. We are. Thing. We are all in this together and we're all going to get through this. But together. I got to say, uh, also, our other correspondents are here. I, I believe that's their title right now. It's Lemon and Chester, Jess's two lovely dogs. <laughs> so if you hear some barks during the episode, that's just them chiming in. Um, but they they look miserable having you home all this time. <laughs> they're like, where did all of our quiet time go? Actually, they look comatose right now. They look like they're in heaven. <laughs> yeah, Chester's out. Chester is completely out. <laughs> Lemon was uh, sniffing the microphone a second ago, deciding whether or not she wanted to weigh in on territory talk. But which she has maybe, been known to do. Yes. Yeah, maybe one of them will uh, provide a shout out in just a little bit. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. I've been, I've been, you know, going out for uh, going out for a run, um, ordering some baseball cards. Got some good ones. Watching some old sporting events. Watched uh, yesterday. Watched Mark Burley's perfect game from 2009 when uh, the White Sox it was a White Sox five nothing win over the Rays. I watched the perfect game. I was always a huge Mark Burley fan. That was his perfect game. And that's the thing. I I, I feel like I could watch other sports right now, but like other than like the like uh, the Fox replays, like I haven't watched a ton of hockey just because like I get restless. You get the itch. I watched the Gretzky, uh, the game from 94 when Gretzky scored his record, his uh, his record 802nd goal to pass Gordie Howe on the all time list. Caught that yesterday on TV after I watched the Mark Burley perfect game. So uh, it was consuming some old sports. I watched the Bucky Dent game, the uh, from from uh, the Red Sox Yankees game from 78, the one game playoff for the AL East. I watched that. Uh, I watched part of Jordan's 69 point game against the Cavs. You're going heavy on the sports. I feel like a lot of us are just binging Netflix and Amazon and whatnot, but you're just you're 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 going down the history. I mentioned last week that I watched the Pine Tar and game. I loved that. That Um, is one cool thing, though, getting to catch up on sports events from the past yeah. that obviously at the time like the Bucky Dent game none of us would have had that opportunity to and watch that game live so to be able to go back and if and we can't move forward right now we're going back I was pulled I was pulled <laughs> yeah, exactly. in it was a great because I you know the you know the Bucky Dent story a little bit but I it was a great job by MLB Network they had Bob Costas on there and Tom Verducci was on there and Lou Pinella was on there because he played for the Yankees at the time and Bucky Dent was on there obviously he hit the home run for the Yankees and I'm watching I'm like this is not only am I am I watching the game but I'm watching this with Lou and Bucky talking about what's going on the whole time and talking about the different players that are involved and talking about the significance of everything. It was just a, a really cool way to to watch that and just kind of get a, a perspective and, and a real feel for what that event was like, because obviously it took place before I was born, but it's something that you hear about in baseball lore. And it was really cool to get caught up on that. And you mentioned the Gretzky in 94 yep. game. We happen to know someone that was in the league at yes. that time yes, that we got we on do. for this week's podcast. Yes, Billy Lindsay is uh, going to be coming up here very shortly. Again, Territory Talk presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. 
And on that note, why don't we get right into that conversation? We had a chance to catch up with Billy Lindsay, my broadcast partner on the Panthers radio network. And again, uh, uh, an all-time, uh, all-time Panther, Billy Lindsay, the uh, owner of the most important goal in franchise the blonde history. Bomber. The Blonde Bomber. We had a chance to catch up with him and uh, get his thoughts on a multitude of subjects. Let's get right into that conversation with Billy Lindsay. Hey Billy, first thing, I uh, just wanted to ask you how you're how you're doing right now, and uh, and what have you been up to to uh, to fill the time? Just a lot of outdoor activities to fill the time. Mostly biking, spending a lot of time on my bike, and a lot of walking down. Just the wife, just trying to get out as much as possible with the social distancing, making sure that we take the awareness. Uh, make sure that that's important and just try and get some activities in been doing some stuff around the house watched a lot of tv uh there's been some binge watching of episodes so that's definitely come into play we definitely got caught up in binge watching some netflix some amazon prime and other than that just trying to stay abreast of what's going on this thing seems to change every single day it's something that we've never lived through before and a very crazy circumstance not only for us in the hockey world but the whole world in general is going through something that we've never experienced before so i believe everyone's in a unique situation and just trying to get through it the best they can and hopefully this this brings us together when this is all said and done and makes us better for it but it is difficult times at this moment Billy, I got to ask, you mentioned binge watching there, which has kind of replaced sports in terms of how everyone is filling their times uh, these days. Just kind of what are you watching on Netflix and Amazon right now? Actually, we, we started Suits, which I haven't seen. <laughs> I just, uh, so me and Carrie watched Suits. Uh, we started watching that. We, we, we fell into the trap of the Tiger King, if you want to. Can we watch Tiger King? Do you, have, have, I I, I've seen that advertised. I've seen it advertised. Have, have any of you guys watched that yet? No, but it, it pops up on my recommendations every time I log on, so I might, I might cave if eventually. You, it's uh, it's interesting. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's just interesting. Interesting people. Uh, uh, so watch uh, Tiger King. We've been watching a ton of movies. Actually, you know, some of the new releases that come out in theaters are available now for like 20 bucks. So we've rented a couple of the new release movies, uh, whatever we can find. Uh, what else have we been watching on? On Netflix, it's just, yeah, there's, there's, there's been a barrage of things that we've kind of sorted through and different things, but uh, a lot of it at night, we try and find a movie is the biggest thing. We just try and find a good movie that we can watch. We try and keep our days filled, and then we've eaten. The well, biggest change for us is we like to eat out. Uh, we, we were people that would always go out for lunch or, or dinner usually once a day, so we've been having both our meals at home. Lucky my wife went to culinary school, so getting some good, <laughs> go. getting some good food. But we have been eating uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner at our house, all three meals every single day. So it's it's been fun. We played a lot of board games, Yahtzee, uh, gin. Uh, we've been going up and down the list with Scrabble, even so whatever, whatever we can to fill some voids. We're talking about maybe going out and getting one of those ginormous puzzles. <laughs> any, any any crazy words, Billy, that have come up in Scrabble? Any big winners? So yeah, well, you know what we fight over is the two letter words. Okay. Yeah, you know the two letter words, and so we did. We, we all we had a Scrabble dictionary before. We've lost that, so we've actually had to. My wife, she's not like okay. I guess is now 
official in, in Scrabble. Like, okay, like, just okay. <laughs> but it's actually official. Oh, if you put an O and a K, it is actually official now in the Scrabble world, which I didn't believe when she put it down and she said that's okay. But we actually had to go to Google and see if okay was correct. And it turns out you can now use the letter O and the letter K as a word in Scrabble, which I found hard to believe. And so I lost the turn on that one. But it's uh, some of the crazy words. Uh, my wife comes up with some ones that I don't believe, and then I look up and find out to be true. So her, her vocabulary <laughs> seems to be stronger than mine. Between the vocabulary and the culinary skills, this seems like it's her time to shine, really. Uh, if you're keeping a running tab of the board games between you two, who, who do you think is winning right now in terms of the grand scheme of, of this head-to-head matchup? Um, she, she comes out ahead mostly. Scrabble's the big one that we're most competitive at, and that's what probably brings out the most competition. And I think it's three and one in her favor. So I'm best of seven. I, I got to win. I got to win three straight games. Come out and win the series. We probably should cheat that like a playoff series. Maybe that's what we can do as, <laughs> as a replacement. We'll play best of seven Scrabble series Billy. all the way down the road. <laughs> And Billy, I was going to say you've been pulled. It sounds like uh, you've watched a lot of watched a lot of shows, watched a lot of movies. Uh, do you ever get pulled in by any uh, any old games, whether it's old sporting events, old Panthers games that you might happen to take a look at, or or is this uh, has this time kind of been about venturing outside the sports realm? It sounds like you've uh, you've consumed a lot of different things here. I've been taking a, a break from sports for the most part. You you mentioned that the radio was going to replace some games. Always interested in listening back at, at some of the work I do. I always trying to do that with the TV and radio. So I'm, I'm glad you texted me the other day and that the game was going to be on radio. So I was able to catch some of that and listen to that. And I have, I've caught pieces of the games on TV and some of the stuff that they're, they're airing on Fox sports, just to look back and the team's special to me. So to watch, just watch moments and clips just to bring it back. And, and then it really makes you realize, makes you kind of sad because you realize how much you miss being down at the rink and watching the hockey games because it's such a big part of our life every single day. And so, so I, to me, I, I try and get away from it for the most part because when, it, when I actually get back, sucked back into it, it, it's a little bit more disheartening than it is uplifting at times because I want to be back into that world as many people want to go back to their jobs and everything else. So to me, it's just about as, as much distraction as I can get into my life as possible. And Billy, going back a, a while here, obviously very dif- different circumstances, but you were in the league uh, with the Panthers during the 94-95 lockout. Uh, like I said, very different circumstances, but regardless, hockey was not being played, you know, just like our guys right now, they're waiting to get back out there. A- as a hockey player, how, how, how did you stay prepared, you know, with, with an uncertain return? Uh, it's interesting because I, I just moved into a new place on the, just down in Deerfield Beach on the intercoastal, and the house I lived in that e- year is directly across, across the waterway from where I live now that I, <laughs> that I rented. And that house was $375,000 back in 94, 95. And it was, it was, it was nice. And it had a corner lot on it. So I look at it every day, but the story is during that lockout, Roger Nielsen was our coach. He came down and put his boat into the water. So I had a boat and I had a dock and he said, I need a place to dock my boat. Can I dock my boat at your house? And I said, sure, absolutely. You can put it in there. So we put the boat there. He said, you can use it whenever you want. Uh, this is all for you. So during the lockout, I would skate every morning. We'd go down. We weren't allowed into the team facilities, but we, we would go down. We'd skate, 
get our skating in, working out, do all that kind of stuff. Then I'd play golf in the afternoon. Then I'd take the boat out at night and cruise down the intercoastal and go out. And then our coach, Roger Nielsen, was interesting at that time. He would come over and he would take us out tubing, out into the ocean. He pulled tubes. And we, we, we literally lost two barns one day. There was waves out there and Barnsley fell off the tube. And it, it took it took us 20 minutes to find Barnsley. And by the time we found Barnsley in the ocean, he was he was ghost white. I've never seen a guy so scared. But we couldn't find him because the waves, you know, the white caps. And we were like, where's Barnsley? We can't find him. But Roger, 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 Roger being the way that he was, oh, we'll find him. We'll find him at the time. It was, it was interesting. So we stayed busy. But one day, Raj took us out. We came over in the boat and said, hey, let's go boating. And so we're drunk. And I was just starting in the league. I'd spent a little time with Quebec and played one full year here in Florida. But still was kind of on the fringe of starting my NHL career. And we were driving up the intercoastal in his boat. And he started talking to me. And he says, Billy, listen, when this lockout is over – and gets finished, and we start going with this season, he says, don't worry about being on the team. You're going to be on the team 100%. I got a spot for you because I need a place to dock my boat, and it has to stay there. So, so, so once the season gets going, don't worry about anything. I need a place to dock my boat, so you're good to go. And I was like, well, I guess if you want to dock your boat and I can play in the NHL, um, that's good. But that's the way Roger was. He actually was one of the best coaches that I ever had, and that's the way we kind of spent it. It was it was a lockout, but if you want to spend a short lockout, it was a good place to do it down here because we we actually had a lot of a lot of the fun times with the golfing and the boat, boating on the intercoastal and the skating in the morning with the guys. So we enjoyed it and stayed prepared. And once we got going, uh, we just picked up right where we left off. There was a, a deal that kind of ended up working out for everybody. It did work out for everyone. I was happy when we, believe me, I was no one so relieved going. I think we had one week of practice and then we started playing games. That one week I was like, okay, two missing training camp too. That's fun. <laughs> As a player, no it's complaints. Like one week and one week and start games. I was. This is this is my my style. One week, okay. The team set. You don't got to go through all these roster cuts. Uh, everyone just gets sent to wherever. One week and you're up and running. I I just loved it. All of a sudden, bam, we're back playing hockey again. So uh, there might be a similar scenario. Maybe if this can end at some time with this bug, but uh, that's. That's the way that it happened back here in 94, 95. And Billy, just going off that a little bit, we always like to, to take an opportunity to, to look back in Panthers history, and you've seen so much of it. But in mentioning Roger Nielsen, especially for a lot of the younger Panthers fans, you go to a game and you see his name up on the press box. It's the Roger Nielsen Memorial Press Box. He was the original coach of the Panthers. Uh, beyond, beyond the boating aspect of it, uh, what, was it what was it like playing for, uh, for Roger? What kind of coach was he, and what did he mean to the Panthers uh, you know, from the the early days of the franchise he was the best coach that i ever had from a from a teaching standpoint and he came in and he brought this group together that started this out and started this journey down in south florida he was the perfect coach for that team to get there with those veterans and was able to lead the way and just taught a lot and the basic roger nielsen the way that i found myself i was a scorer in junior hockey and up in even the minors wherever i'd been and then once i got here uh, that uh, I led the te- a team in that initial training camp in scoring. And Roger Nielsen said, if Bill Lindsay leads our team in scoring, we're going to have all kinds of problems this year. So, <laughs> but, uh, but I, but I made the team out of training camp. And then about five games into the season, I scored a goal. thought I played pretty well. 
Roger sat, sat, came in the dressing room, called me in the office and said, if you play like that, I've got to send you down to the American Hockey League. Uh, he showed me some clips on video where I didn't get it out. I didn't dump the puck in. And he says, I've got eight to ten minutes for you a night. That's it. I can play it ten minutes. He says, if you get the puck out of your own blue line and you get it down deep, you play defense, you hit, you do all those things and don't worry about scoring goals, but you learn how to play this league and play away from the puck. He said, I won't scratch you one game. I'll play you every single night, but you have to bring energy to this team. And that's back when they had that 84-game schedule. He played me all 84 games that year. Did not scratch me one time. And that's when I and that's when I learned in the NHL, it's not about always scoring goals. You have to, if you can do the little things, you can skate. And if you can prioritize those things and learn, then you can find a way into the NHL. And if it wasn't for Roger Nielsen, I don't believe I learned those things. And uh, that's, he translated that into everyone in the dressing room. Everyone had their role. And the greatest tribute I had from Roger, uh, when he was he was getting close, passed away from cancer. Uh, he he wrote me a letter uh, with some complimentary things in it about myself and about the team and just different personal aspects that I won't delve into greatly here. Just what the letter meant, but that's just kind of the class that he personified. And uh, I have that letter framed, and I'll have it framed uh, forever because when I read it, it actually had me in tears so it's uh that's uh the kind of guy he was uh, like the boating and all that most coaches don't do that they wouldn't do that but he he did he he didn't have a problem laying the law down but he also didn't have a problem being your friend so he was unique at that time and he was the perfect coach for this franchise to get started and Billy, taking it back to uh, to this season right now, uh, we've been doing a lot of retrospectives, obviously, with no hockey being played. You know, we, we went through the best goals, the best saves, best comebacks on FloridaPanthers.com. But for yourself, you know, the team played 69 games so far this season. What sticks out to you most from this season so far for the Panthers? For the most, was was the start, the way they, they got, it, got it off and started in the right direction and everything seemed to be going good and you had the emergence of Huberto becomes an all-star and Barkov continues along those ways and uh, Bobrovsky there was some inconsistency I believe he played well in the first 20 games and then he got hurt with some of the mental aspect of it as it went on and some games so you saw some inconsistencies uh, from him and then you had the emergence of Drieger here just before this break that really got the Panthers back into this playoff race and just sitting on the cusp of a playoff spot so if you look back the the big comebacks are, are huge that comeback in Boston when they were down by four goals into that third period that was stuff that we just never seen from this team before but this is a team that's loaded and it has a lot of talent and it's I watched them and when so the when you saw them at that best pre All Star break when they were on that hot winning streak, you you really saw what this team was capable of. And now that's that this this is that team. That's that's the team they are. But they have to learn to get there on an all time basis. Every single player and get there. There's gonna be some ups and downs. But once if they can get there and find that consistency and that routine throughout the whole season, they had that little bump in the road. But this to me the group, the young, talented group forwards, uh, now they're insulated by some really good veterans around them. Bobrovsky, to me, 
is still a guy that's competitive, that's going to want to get there, that's going to want to be that all-star, that Vesna Trophy winning goaltender. So when I look back, it, it was a season that uh, was right there for the taking, had a little bump in the road, and that's why I was so excited about this finish because I felt they were getting back to that level that they were playing at during that winning streak and becoming a team that looked like this team's going to challenge for a playoff spot, and then all of a sudden this hits. So it's uh, it's it's crazy to think about what we're going through, but uh, I was to me. Uh, at the right at the very end is I, I I believe the Panthers were starting to peak again and starting to push for that playoff spot. Billy Lindsay, our guest here, Billy, we thank you very much for uh, for stopping by here today and uh, and taking some time for us, and uh, just want to uh, want to say thanks. Take care and uh, and be safe out there, and we can't wait to get back at it. Yeah, I can't wait. Always fun to talk to you guys. Uh, you guys do a great job, and you know you're great friends of mine, all of you. So it's uh, I'm glad we could catch up today. And same thing, just take care, and hopefully we can get back to the rink sooner than sooner than later. Thank you very much, thanks, Billy. Billy. Big thanks there, Billy Lindsay from the Panthers Radio Network. My broadcast partner our great friend and uh and a friend of the program as well uh he's been on with us multiple times before and always great to have him on board some great stories there great to hear that uh that he's doing everything he can to uh you know just uh, stay safe out there and uh, and like the rest of us just uh, trying to work through this so big thanks again billy Lindsay, for stopping by and uh, again some awesome stories coming out of that conversation a hundred percent and it just makes me i mean once this is all done once we get through this i I want to go tubing with Bill Lindsay. Yeah, just don't want to get lost in the ocean. I, I'm not that, see, that that didn't you know turn me off. That I, that makes me want to just you know you know put it all on the line and risk it and just uh, have Billy driving the boat. Me you know twenty yards back in the tube. That just sounds like a great afternoon here in South Florida. I'm I'm all for it. And uh, territory talk is always uh, as uh, we should mention presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Well, that was a great interview, a great conversation. We kind of teased this on last week's episode. Uh, while that was a great interview, they're not always no. great interviews. <laughs> and 99.9% of the time, they are great. They go fine. But there is that outlying percentage where sometimes things can go sideways. Where we as people with microphones just malfunction. <laughs> So I know we all we all got one at least. Jess, uh, I know you've been itching to tell your story. So just like Doug said, to preface, these are just some interviews where things didn't necessarily go according to plan over right. the years. Which you have to be prepared. You have to know that in this in this business, yet you, you can you can plan you, or you can think that you've planned as much as possible. You can think that you've planned it perfectly, but I guess in the back of your mind, you always have to have that backup plan in mind because things aren't always going to go the way they're supposed to go. Well, uh, for for mine, um, there's like, like I said, there's always small interactions. There's times when you can talk to a guy and one question in, you know, he's not feeling it, but you still got to get three questions. Right. Like, simple things like that we go through. That happens, you know, on a regular basis. But this one in particular was a hockey story. Not going to name names, but this was at development camp, Panthers development camp, probably three, four years ago. And, you know, development camp every year, some year there's, you know, 10 guys that get invited, you know, non-draft picks, just those invites you get, those free agents. Some years there's 10, some years there's 20. 
so this was during kind of a heavy year. So there was a lot of just decamp invites, guys we'd never heard of until that camp, you know, guys that weren't drafted by the Panthers. So decamp is my favorite time of the year. I love decamp because I just love telling stories about these kids that are, you know, fresh faces that really, you know, stories haven't been told yet from simple stuff from like even just who is this guy, you know, not even deep diving stuff that fans love to hear about. So I love decamp. I love getting to know these, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old kids and kind of, you know, getting their name out there. So early on in decamp, you do the big names, you know, the draft picks, you know, middle of the week, you do maybe the later round draft picks guys where, you know, been around a couple camps. And then the last, you know, two days of decamp, I love talking to like the, the tryouts, the guys that, you know, this could be the only time we see them, but you know, they might have a good story and I love to, you know, be the first, you know, out there to get it. So one day I asked for one of those guys, a guy, you know, he was a senior in college, uh, you know, had done a couple of decamps with our teams, but first time doing a decamp with the Panthers. Uh, and there was a connection with him with a, a current Panther. So I was like, oh, great. Like, I'll, I'll do this little connection story here. So I go, you know, I'm looking around the locker room. So obviously for decamp, there's, they expand the locker rooms because they have so many guys. So there's kind of some makeshift rooms as well. So ancillary locker rooms. So, you know, you go up to the, uh, the locker room and you see the name and there's a guy under it. And I'm like, that's the guy because I've never seen him before in my life. So, you know, this is also too, I probably could have Googled him real quick and got a photo, but that was, you know, that was, I was fresh face. I trusted, you know, direction like that. I'm like, he's in the stall. There's the name. This is the guy. So I go up, I do the usual, you know, hey, hey, you got a minute, you know, Jameson, you know, FloridaPanthers.com. It's like, oh, sure, of course. You know, if three questions in, things were going smooth because the first three are real easy, general icebreakers. It's, you know, how does it feel to be at Panthers D camp? You know, the, the very generic stuff, you know, uh, do you, you know, who are you happy here to see and all this? And, you know, what are you working on? You know, tell us about all that good stuff. So then I get to question four. And I'm like, you know, you had a, you know, a slow burner here. You had a really, you're, you're coming off a breakout season at, you know, insert college name here. Uh, you know, what do you think, you know, uh, really contributed to that breakout for you? And kind of how is that kind of helping you catapult here as you kind of make the jump into the pros? And he kind of looks at me and he goes, I, I didn't go to that college. And I was just like, <laughs> and I know I got that research right. So I was like, um, and then he kind of pauses. He looks at me, smiles. He goes, do you know who I am? <laughs> And not like a, do you know who I am? But more like he felt bad for me. Like There's clearly a mix up. <laughs> do you know? <laughs> and I was just like, are you this guy? And he's like, no, that's that guy. And he points to him and I'm like, but you were sitting in the stall. He goes, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> So I ended up, it was, uh, I, I got, got a little you know, red face. We both got a kick out of it. He laughed, but there was one day left in D camp after that. So I ended up did, you know, talking to the other guy. He laughed about it too. I got that story down. But that next day, this was a guy, the guy, so the guy I was initially talking to by accident, I was not planning to do something on, but I went back that next day and I told the PR staff and I'm like, I only want one guy today and it's that guy because I'm doing a story on that guy because now I know who he is and I'm giving him the star treatment. He's getting a story. So I did a full story just on that one prospect. Aspect. Uh, we had, a, like I said, we had a good laugh about it, but it's just one of those moments where, you know, thank God it was, you know, a 19, 20 year old kid. Cause if that was, you know, a hall of fame <laughs> or something, they might not treat it as nicely, but, uh, it's only, only time I've ever had that kind of mix up, uh, you know, over the thousands of interviews over the years, but, uh, it definitely brings a smile to my face. Looking back at it. This isn't really an interview. Um, this is, this is so a podcast. This just came to my, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Right now you're, uh, you're living it, it right here on uh, territory talk, the official Panthers podcast presented by Baptist health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers, Doug Plagans, Jameson, all Jessica Blaylock here with you this, uh, well, it's afternoon we're recording right now, but, uh, this isn't really an interview. It actually just came to mind. It's, uh, 
it's something that's only happened once in my career. And when I was calling arena football, the Cleveland Gladiators, we and, and I had some great fun calling arena football and broadcasting arena football was it was exciting because you have the op, there, there's the chance that somebody's going to score on every single play. Doesn't matter what the situation is, where you are in the field. Um, you know, hopefully we see the AFL uh, again at some point in time. But uh, when I was calling arena football, we had a season where we had a ton of last second victories in Cleveland. It was the year that we went to the arena bowl in uh, arena bowl 27. And there were 27 arena bowls. There were more. Wow. There were more. I'm learning something today. Uh, and, uh, but that season we had a ton of last second wins, 17 and one, we went 17 and one. And, um, there was one game, one on the final play. I think we won five games on the final play that year. And my broadcast partner, great guy, great broadcaster, such a nice, just a nice guy. But we would both get so fired up. And, you know, he played he played college at a high level. He played a little bit in the NFL and we would both get so fired up. We won a game on the final play and he like grabbed me like it was like, you know, just excitement, like gives me the old like hits me on the shoulder, knocked my headset off my head and the, and blood was drawn on my lip. This happened during the broadcast. Is that your only injury sustained? Only time blood has ever been drawn uh, during uh, during a broadcast. So uh, it got it got exciting, but it was all just part of it. It was uh, it was that's arena football, baby. Such a crazy year. (laughs) Anything can happen in the AFL. But uh, but that was a a lot of fun. I I was just thinking about that. I said, you know what? I'm going to bring up the story about when uh, when blood was drawn on the air. I got one more little one. It's not necessarily a story, but it's more of a, a cautionary tale that I told you guys about this before we were talking about this. But it's something you should learn from that I never learned from and none of us learned from is uh, this is when I was covering the Dolphins and I went up to a Dolphins player and I said, hey, man, you, you got a minute. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sit down. I'm talking to him. I'm interviewing him. This is back when I was working at Fox Sports Florida. And three minutes in, he goes, like mid question, he's like, how long is this going to be? Like kind of getting a little miffed. And I say, I don't know, like five minutes. And he goes, well, next time say, do you have five minutes? <laughs> and it's, it's stuck with me because hey, that's just a man. He's right. Right there. He's Jameson. right. But like reporting one one is when you walk up to a locker room, you always go, you have a second, you have a minute. You never right. say, Hey, do you have between it's five and six ended. minutes? It's yeah. open-ended. But no. And I learned that it caught me off guard. He still gave a great interview, but I'm like, I should, you know, I feel like guys would be more thrown off if you went up to him in the room and say, Hey man, do you have five minutes? Because that sounds like a lifetime when you ask it. Obviously, when you do an interview, it goes by in a you know, snap. Uh, but when you ask for five minutes off the bat, the I feel like it's a deterrent. Yeah. yeah, That was the joke with Jeff Mathis and myself whenever he was still catching for the Marlins. Anytime I'd go up to him, I'd, I'd always say, hey, do you have a second for a quick question? And one quick question would inevitably turn into like three or four. So whenever, uh, I think when he left the Marlins and went and signed with the Diamondbacks. Um, I tweeted my goodbye to him and he quote tweeted it. Thanks for all the good conversations, but next time try and keep that one question or (laughs) that minute to one minute, something like along that line. It was really funny, but um, I have a good one with Shane Harper actually from a couple of seasons ago. And California's uh, own. Yeah. He had been playing I think predominantly on the third line. 
but maybe he had flip-flopped a little bit between the third and fourth line on a couple of shifts and so he was my intermission interview and I wanted to ask him specifically about how he felt his line was playing but I couldn't remember if he had spent most of the period on the third or fourth line for some reason so I made the question very very generic I was like uh Shane how do you feel the line is playing right now and he looked at me and he's like wait my line or their line and I'm like your line and it was just like one of those moments where you, you kind of cringe to yourself internally and you're like oh, I didn't explain like I didn't ask a clear question and the player was confused and it, I was probably making a bigger deal of it in my head than than it was but it was just funny that I was I was trying to be so unbelievably generic and I ended up confusing him with the question over the top generic over the top generic to where diminishing he couldn't returns. even tell if I was asking about a Panthers line or the <laughs> opponent's line so in my head, I was like, all right, from here on out, know specifically what you're asking about and make sure that the player understands as well so they don't have to ask for clarification of your question mid-interview. And we'll wrap it up on this one because this is a shared one. I got to bring this up. This is a moment that we, Jess we and also I... Oh, my gosh. Chester, I know exactly. Chester first was asleep and now Chester has gotten up and left. He's walked yeah, to the dog our, bed. Our, our, our stories bored him. So he's <laughs> decided to find a new location in the house to hang out. Um, this was probably three seasons ago maybe uh, I don't know this might have been my first this might have this been this might have been my first year where I completely lacked and you immediately, any confidence you immediately know what I'm saying in, so, in covering hockey because it was the first year I had ever done it post game uh, Panthers got a win Roberto Luongo we're talking to him you go to him first no I think it was a loss it was a loss it Ooh, was a even loss worse. okay it was a loss because I've always said one of like I've always told people we don't have a difficult job right we have one of the most fun jobs ever we get to cover hockey for me I get to cover baseball but the hardest part about it is asking questions after a loss because you know guys already feel bad you don't want to twist the knife you don't want to twist the knife there are knife twisters in sports but that's not our yes like you kind of you know you have to ask the questions but especially for our roles jameson and myself and doug you as well you know we're not we're not looking to go in there to give people a hard time we're going in we're we're trying to ask fair questions about the game um, and then just kind of moving on. So it was after a loss because so, the reason the question drew out as long so, as it did was because I was trying to soften the blow. Yeah. So we've 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 planted some seeds here. But this, so what happened basically was uh, Jess opened up the scrum with Lou, uh, such a professional, Roberto Luongo. Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen Roberto Luongo's video on Twitter with some helpful tips for you know getting through these tough times, go and check it out at Strombone One. It's a great video. Good job by Lou. But back in Lou's playing days. <laughs> After a loss, apparently, uh, the room was down. But Luanga, you know, stepped up to, you know, uh, the gathered masses of reporters. And Jess kind of opens it up. And y you think she's going to go for a general, like, you know, you know, what happened out there tonight? You know, this happened or that. But she kind of starts with one question and then kind of loses the ending of oh the question. So she starts a new question. This question went in like 14 But then she really didn't directions. know how to know. And that question. So this is probably, I don't think I'm exaggerating, probably 15 seconds. Most questions oh are three, three to five seconds. It this was is probably 15 seconds. And like... I'm kind of looking at her now and, and then like Lou's kind of like politely kind of like turned Hilton's head a little bit like trying to like he was so he, great about he's trying it. to keep up because he doesn't right. know where it's going it's a you keep changing directions so then it basically <laughs> just ended with her like just hitting the eject button and saying like you know like so what do you think about this what do you think or something yeah. I, I honestly like 
I probably try and pad the the questions after a loss a little bit too much because I feel bad having to ask about it. And I I probably was like, oh, you know, Lou, uh, things didn't quite go the way you guys had hoped tonight. I know coming in, uh, uh, defense was one thing you wanted to focus on. But and, then the offense and, then, and uh, uh, there wasn't a ton of goal support. Like, I don't, I, I seriously like wove a tapestry of nonsense that lasted for about 36 uncomfortable seconds for everyone. <laughs> and finally just, yeah. and the best part is Lou, Lou, you know, he's a, you know, ultimate professional. So he just oh, took it and 100%. ran with it. No. And he, and he was always great about but if it. If you would have you know pulled that on maybe like a first year guy, you might've, you might've, you know, taken him off the rails. Oh my gosh. That's why I did not ask my first season of covering Panthers hockey. I, I waited till like the second last game of the season before I opened my mouth to say a word like, to Yarmir Jesse. Yager. Like, I did not ask him a question until like the second to last game of the season because I did not want to embarrass myself in front of Yager. Well, of if, people. if people enjoy these, I know we have more stories we can get out. We, we can do not even embarrassing stories. We just can do some, memory lane. Just memory yeah. lane, you know. It's, it's the one road that's open right now. Yeah. We can all travel down yeah, memory lane. for sure. Yeah, we can. Uh, so next week we can come up with uh, more stories. They don't even have to all tie in. And speaking of the weeks ahead, we had uh, Bill Lindsay obviously on today. Once yep. again, big thanks to him. We're also working on getting some more calling guests down the line. Uh, if there's one person in particular that's reasonable that you'd like us to maybe get in touch with, uh, let us know on Twitter, at Jamison Coop. At Doug Plagans. At Jess Blaylock. If there's anyone you want us to, you know, reach out to, see if we can get them on the line, uh, let us know. Because we're like, just like you guys, we're curious and we're looking yep. for content right now. Yep, we and we'll be with you each and every Wednesday. So be sure to chime in. You can go back and listen to some of those archived episodes as well. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, all those different places. Or you can just kick it old school at FloridaPanthers.com slash Territory Talk. Wherever you want to tune in, you can find it all right there. And new material each and every Wednesday. So be sure to check that out. But that's about it for us this week. If you have any questions, anything that you want us to tackle, I know we had a, a really good question last week and we uh, were able to uh, really dig into it a little bit. So if you have any any questions for us, you can tweet it along. Uh, you can always find us on Twitter. And again, if you have any ideas for uh, for a guest or anything like that, we're open to suggestions. So fire those off. Uh, again, you can find us all on Twitter and we'll be uh, checking it periodically. So be sure to chime in there. So again, big thanks everybody for tuning in. Big thanks to uh, Billy Lindsay for joining us for Jameson Olive, for Jessica Blaylock. I am Doug Plagans. This has been Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Panthers, presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. New material each and every Wednesday. We will talk to you on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.